Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. Are you looking for practical ministry help to drive your ministry further, faster? Have a sinking feeling that your ministry training didn't prepare you for the real world? Hey, you're not alone. Join thousands of others in pursuit of stuff that we wish they had taught in seminary. Buckle up and let's get started with this week's Unseminary Podcast. Happy Thursday, everybody. Welcome to the Unseminary Podcast. I'm fired up for today's conversation. It's one of those questions that I get on a regular basis. And rather than just pretending that I'm an expert, we're actually talking to an expert today. Uh, excited to have Eric Rojas with us. He is from a fantastic church, Rolling Hills Church. This is a church you should be tracking in the kind of greater Nashville area in Tennessee. Their multi-site location. Eric is the executive pastor, and we love having executive pastors on the show. Eric, welcome to the show today. Oh, it is great to be with you, Rich. And uh, after a lifetime in Chicago, I am loving in January being in Nashville and uh, <laughs> loving Rolling Hills Community Church. But thank you for your ministry to the church. I have benefited so much from your ministry, and it's great to be with you today. Oh, I appreciate that. That's uh, awfully nice of you. And yeah, I can imagine uh, my parents lived actually in Nashville for a few years, and I did like visiting them this time of year as well. So uh, why don't we start with uh, you kind of telling us a little bit about Rolling Hills, give us a bit of the history, if people were to, you know, a bit of the flavor, that sort of thing. Uh, Tell us a little bit about the church. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Rolling Hills uh, was started by Jeff Simmons uh, now 17 years ago, and he truly has a life verse of Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Now to him who's able to do immeasurably more, he actually has a book entitled Immeasurably mm-hmm. More. And the stories, I mean, every church has stories of God's just grace and amazing things, but they are truly uh, amazing at Rolling Hills. And uh, before this, I was uh, for seven, the last 17 years at a church up in Chicago called Christ Community Church, where I also saw amazing things happen. And uh, coming down, an empty nester came down here, had a couple of people from uh, my staff at Christ Community actually on the staff at Rolling Hills. And it has just been mm-hmm. so much fun to be a part of this. And uh, we're just seeing you know incredible work of the Spirit, but uh, great growth. And now everybody says Nashville's growing, and it is uh, about 2.2%. Uh, but by God's grace, we're seeing you know tremendous growth. And so it's it's fun to say that like 95% of our problems are growth related, but they are problems. They're, they're really, they're really <laughs> yes, struggles. They're, you know? um, yeah. They're good problems, but they're still they're, problems. They're still problems. Yes. But we have, we have a culture of joy. We have a culture of grace. We don't, um, you know, dumb down theology or teaching at all, but certainly uh, one of, uh, uh, of, you know, we want, we want church to be a part, you know, to be in joy and not endured. And, and, uh, um, and so it's just a fun place to be a part of. We're actually a Southern Baptist church. You would never know it from uh, how we do things, <laughs> um, from even calling members, partners to all sorts of things. You, you wouldn't, it's not that we shy away from that, but we really want to reach our community for Christ. And sometimes people think the Bible belt, the buckle, of the Bible belt is Nashville, but with so many people moving in from all over the place, there are a lot, at least 50, 60% of people are unbelievers, don't go to church. And so that's our goal is to reach people with the, the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we're right now um, at, uh, we have three campuses that uh, are kind of what most people would consider campuses. We also do an online campus. We actually have a Com- Cambodian campus. Um, so we really tell it we have five campuses. It was a part of one of our our uh, adoptions, and and we love working with the Cambodian people, the only Cambodian church in Nashville. Um, but uh, that's a little bit of, about about who we are. We're also extremely in a, We love not only doing things as a church, but equipping people. So we've got a Father Son Bowl coming up here in a couple of days. Fifteen hundred 
fathers and sons working with the Tennessee Titans, wow. um, getting together to do uh, father and son football. Uh, it just it's tremendous. And then on the Sunday, it's uh, Saturday of Super Bowl Sunday. And then on Sunday, uh, we actually have uh, we bring inner city Nashville kids out that don't have fathers, and we team up with the dads from Rolling Hills with them and have a father son bowl with with them. Um, and uh, that's all led by some lay leaders. We have a shower up ministry for the homeless and and much, much more. So uh, really cool to be able to make an impact for Jesus Christ within the greater Nashville community. Hmm. Very cool. Uh, yeah, this is a fantastic church for folks um, really to follow along with. Eric's obviously the kind of leader you want to connect with. Now, I'm particularly interested in kind of your campus expansion strategy. You talked a little bit about adoption there. Can you give us a, kind of tell us a bit of the story of the locations that you've launched? Uh, you know, how have you ended up where you've ended up, uh, you know, with the locations that you have today? Sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, I've been in multi-site ministry for a, a long time. I was uh, uh, when I was up in Chicago, it was kind of in the shadows of Willow Creek. And when they started doing, Jim Tomberlin and, and Bill started doing um, uh, this, this whole multi-site thing, uh, we, we grabbed a hold of that pretty early on. So I think the first campus I did now was about uh, 16, 17 uh, years ago. And um, and really started with kind of doing the, the compass approach up there, which is, okay, you got people driving 30, 40 minutes to get to your church, but they're not bringing their unsaved friends with them. You know, it's just hard to get uh, plugged in. And so that's what we did up north. And we brought that down here to Nashville. That was the heartbeat of our of our lead pastor as well. And so we had a bunch of people coming from um, Nolansville, uh, Tennessee, which is about 35 minutes from Franklin. Our, our first campus is, uh, is in Franklin. Our central campus is in Franklin. And so we had these people driving from Nolansville. So we started in a school there a few years ago. Set up teardown in uh, elementary school, and just recently we were able to uh, merge with another church there. And then we had a lot of people coming from um, from the city of Nashville, and uh, we're coming out to Franklin, and we're uh, being a part of our, our our Franklin campus. But again, it's really hard to bring your unbelieving friends with you, and so uh, we started looking uh, when I first got here about two and a half years ago at a campus, um, <clears throat> excuse me, in uh, in Nashville, and we're able to uh, again adopt another church. Uh, actually on the campus of Belmont University, which is where we are now, and uh, started our Nashville campus. And so we're looking, we're going to have two more campuses in the next uh, three years uh, fulfilling the compass. And we're actually doing a campus, uh, looking right now at uh, developing a campus in the country of Moldova and Eastern Europe. So we've got some big plans in the future oh, as well. Wow, that's fascinating. Now, the the I know you get these calls, I get these calls from churches who are either looking at joining another church or they're, um, so they're, th- they're like, oh, we're, you know, there's this church across town. They're thinking about maybe, mm, maybe we could be adopted by them. Or, or on the other end of the question, I get calls from churches who are maybe a multi-site church already. And they, they say, hey, you know, this church approached us about an adoption. Um, what should we be thinking about? What do you say when someone gives you that phone call, when that conversation starts, obviously given your experience and background? Yeah, you know, I um, I, I know there's, I've done basically every type of, of uh, you know, campus start that you, you can imagine from just Starting with a core group in a in a school building uh, like we did in Nolansville, um, you know I've built up put a half a million dollars into an old farm and fleet building to to build that out. You know I've done it, but I'll tell you what my heartbeat is is merging with and adopting other churches. Uh, six to ten thousand mm-hmm. churches, uh, you know, are closing their doors in America each year, and I just look at that and I go, you know. 
um, that was a place that was uh, dedicated for for uh, gospel, you know, gospel work. And mm-hmm. uh, and now they're yes. becoming yeah. apartments and this and that. And, and I get it if the money ends up, if you sell it, the money ends up going toward ministry. But a lot of times that's not the case. And so I just have a heartbeat for that. Plus, you usually get really good people. You get a, a facility that's already ready for a church. It's zoned for a church, which in 2020 zoning rules are going crazy. So what I like to do is, is, uh, you know, is really look in the communities that we're going to and try to find a church that we can connect with, you know? And, um, Mm. uh, and so it may be that they're calling us. In fact, just met with somebody this week, actually, a 74 year old Mm. pastor, their church is down to 30 people. And they found out that we were doing these types of things. And, and uh, to be honest with you, we don't have the resources right now, and it's not the, not the right location, but we're trying to help them as a church, and, and maybe down the road we could do something with them. And But I, I love having those conversations and trying to help them. But if it's certainly in an area that we're looking at, then I'm going to be all ears toward a conversation about a potential merger with that church. Okay, so how so that's super intriguing to me. Um, I know that there are churches out there that are thinking about campus expansion and thinking about a certain community, um, but aren't sure how they're, the the logical kind of well, let's find a high school, let's find a middle school, let's find a movie theater. That's an that's a well defined. People get how to do that. How would you? even have an ear, like you said, towards potential churches in a yeah. community where you're looking? What, what does that look like? Sure, sure. Um, I think a couple of things. One is, um, you know, as we get into a community, we love to serve that community and and have the first impression of us coming to town be one of serving the community. So we just want to come in and start making contacts and networks and and just getting word out that we're, we're coming to town. And sometimes um, just out of those that networking, you know, a relationship develops. You hear about a church that that uh, might be uh, without a pastor or looking to sell or looking to close. But um, oftentimes, what I've found is that um, uh, you know the realities are that we um, let, me, let me give you Nolansville. Nolansville, we went that route, and um, there just were not any location. There actually, Nolansville is so new. There weren't any old buildings. There weren't places to buy, you know. And so um, I took, and you and I both knew a, a lady by the name of Christy Rudder up at the chapel in mm-hmm. the Chicago area. And so I took a page out of her playbook, and I've done this before as well, but Nolansville was a good good example here over the last few years. And uh, I called, uh, and, and I had actually a realtor in our church do the calling for us initially, but 27 churches in Nolansville, 27 churches. And we basically just said, hey, you know, we're, we're uh, you know, uh, Rolling Hills Community Church. We're, we're meeting in the school currently, and we have to be out of the school. And we're just looking to see if, if God's moving in some way in one of the churches in the community, and that might be willing to allow us to use your building for a, a Sunday night or a Saturday night service, you know, um, uh, might be that uh, you're without a pastor or you've been thinking about some sort of change and the Lord's been working in your heart and you'd be willing about having a conversation about our ministries coming together. And, uh, and it's amazing. You know, a lot of times you'll just say, no, thank you. And the phone gets, you know, you hang up the phone, yeah. and you leave a voicemail and you never hear anything back. But out of those 27 churches, we ended up with 11 conversations of like kind of next level conversations. And then three of wow. those became actual like sit down with leadership team. Uh, like, is this a possibility type of thing? And then out of those three, 
Uh, actually, the first one we talked to was a church called Revive Church, and they mm-hmm. decided to not do it. And then we moved on with a second and a third church. And uh, as a, as the Lord would lead, Revive Church decided things changed, and they wanted to have the conversation six months later. And uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and long story short, we ended up merging uh, with uh, Revive Church. But again, it started with twenty seven cold calls. 11 conversations, mm. three meeting with the leadership teams, and then you just saw the Holy Spirit uh, lead us to this relationship uh, with Revive, and it's been, you know, it's been fantastic. So that's, you know, that's not, I don't know if that's for everybody, but for us, um, you know, why not? Because I, I, I'll give you one example, uh, Rich. I was up in Chicago in the Wheaton area up there. We were looking for Christ Community Church for a campus in the Carroll Stream Wheaton area, and I remember driving by. And it was on Lies Road. And I remember seeing this church and I thought to myself, that would be the perfect location for our Streamwood Bartlett Carroll Stream campus. And uh, but we thought, well, it's not for sale and whatever. So we ended up meeting in the community center in uh, in the Bartlett uh, township there. Um, it wasn't uh, two months later that that church that I pointed at, I don't remember what denomination it was, uh, it became a mosque. And I thought to oh, myself, gosh. I am never doing that again. I'm going to make that phone mm-hmm. call, not make any assumptions, <laughs> you know, and see if, if yes. the Lord's doing something. Then, you know, that church, instead of being a mosque, could have been a Christ-centered, you know, uh, church. And uh, so that's kind of also not only Christie's uh, counsel to us, but um, just my personal experience. And even that one story that that just resonates, you know, in my in my brain uh, led me to wanting to do this proactive calling of churches. Yeah, I love that. Just to kind of pull apart a couple things you said there, I love this idea of proactively calling churches, um, you know, preparing yourself for, you know, there's really, a, there was a 10 to one ratio, which I would say is actually pretty good. That's pretty high. The fact that you called 27 actually ended up in three conversations. Uh, you know, I remember Christy saying at one point, you know, they were seeing like a hundred to one, uh, but that, you know, even just proactively, even on the, um, the real estate agent side, that's a, that's a critical piece. I've seen other churches use that same kind of person to help with those conversations. And this idea of starting the conversation with really, you know, rentals, like, hey, we're thinking about, is there a way for us to work together is a good door opener. I wonder if you could kind of pull that apart a little bit. Why that? Why is that kind of a starting point conversation? Yeah, you know, I think for some people, and actually the, um, we've now, uh, in my three years that I've been here, we've done three adoptions. And, um, um, and all three of them, uh, all three of the pastors would tell you, or the key leaders would say, the initial reaction was a negative one. You know, the initial reaction or thought of coming together was a negative one. And so what I want to do is I want to be able to get in the door of a conversation, allow the Holy Spirit to work, allow, you know, allow them to understand who we are, you know, as a church, who I am as a leader, who our pastor is as a leader. And so whatever I can do, I I don't want to be deceptive uh, because there were times we used churches for a gathering because we're meeting in a in a school and we didn't need a midweek place to gather. And so I'd call and ask, could we gather for a, you know, for this event or this event in your church on a, you know, Tuesday night or a Thursday night. And that allowed us to get, not only have fulfill a need that we had, but get into the door and have a conversation. And so many churches that you're con- that I've contacted believe that it's like the old, you know, uh, you know, big machine that's going to come in and just wipe, every, obliterate, you know, everything that uh, you are as a church. And that's just not how we are. You know, um, 
I truly believe in adopting and merging with churches with compassion um, and with care. And so we bring uh, the staff on uh, to our staff, and a lot of churches don't do that. We look for ways to to uh, honor the history of that church, whether it's a, a painting in the lobby or you know, an event that we continue on with that was an iconic event for them. And so as they get to know us and our heartbeat through either rental, renting their spot or, you know, whatever it may be, or even, you know, sometimes we've, we've asked to, to do something in the community at Nolensville, they have a thing called the Buttercup Festival that we like to be a part of at the town. And we'd contact churches to see if we could team with them on Buttercup Festival things, you know, and, and, and then we get to know them and then we'd enter in the conversation about potentially you know, merging with them if they we knew they were without a pastor or whatever. So if we can just get into the door, have a conversation, allow the Holy Spirit to work, it seems to go a long way. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Now, you've obviously talked to a lot of churches. I wonder if um, you can give us some of those attributes of a church that you think, you know, you, I'm sure you end up in these conversations where you're like, oh, I think there's potential here. Uh, there, there's maybe actually an opportunity for us to work together. What would be some of those attributes, some of those telltale signs that you look for in churches that you think long-term may be the kind of church that would want to join you or be adopted by you or merge, you know, the language sure. that we end up using? Yeah, yeah. And um, I, I, I look at it and and I think to myself, because really, um, and I know you're starting to use this language and others are as well. I mean, I'm looking for a church that is ready for a rebirth, you know, that they realize that um, they just can't keep doing it this way anymore. You know, uh, like the church we met with this week that, uh, again, we probably won't end up doing anything with. But, you know, I, I, this this gentleman sitting across from me says, and you know, I said, for us, it's going to be 18 months to two years before we can really have a conversation about this particular area. And he says, Eric, we're not going to be here in 18 months or, you know, 18 to 24 months. And, and, and so they, they, this, this group was ready for a rebirth, you know? So I think that's one big thing. The senior pastor has to be open to this. You know, um, if we had a conversation as an area we're looking to go to and, we found out about a church that it was a possibility through a, a friendship and, and the senior pastor though, uh, you know, is very just, I'm not, I'm not willing to give up the pulpit. Okay. Well, right. you know, we're not ready to have a conversation then. you know, it, it, there has to be a willingness and a humility on the part of that senior pastor. It doesn't have to be perfect style strategy fit, uh, but at least it's gotta be in the same ballpark. You know, um, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're 180 apart, um, in terms of style and strategy, it's going to be hard or very, um, uh, you know, you're going to have to pass a lot of, you know, uh, neck, neck things for, for the, you know, for the congregants, because they're going to get whiplash, you know, from, from changing Mm -hmm. the style Mm -hmm. and strategy. So if it's in at least the same ballpark, that's helpful for me. Obviously theology needs to be you know, pretty much in line as well. From a facility perspective, I need something that I, I can move into and grow into. I need to have the parking that's necessary or be able to have the land to to uh, build on that. So there's some facility things as well. Um, you know, and on the financial piece, we've adopted churches that have had a lot of money um, that has actually come with them, which has been, you know, beneficial. Uh, we've also had some that have had some debt. I'm not looking for a lot of debt because, uh, uh, that could put us in a in a in a bad place getting started. Um, but again, if I had to say, name a couple things, I'd say is the is the church leadership ready for a rebirth, and is the lead pastor, the senior pastor, ready to hand over you know the leadership to somebody else? Those are the two big keys that I'm looking. For. Yeah, totally. And I love this idea. Going back to your kind of earlier comments around 
having an orientation, kind of having our eyes open to what are the opportunities around us and be willing to kind of take this, the stretching phone call to be like, Hey, what's actually going on over there? Cause I've, I've had, I think we've all had people who have been journeying in this world for a while have had that experience where you you see something and you're like, mm, that could be something cool there. And then the example I have was there was a church that kind of, we got late to the game on this and it ended up getting converted into condos. And I'm like, Oh yeah. gosh, like that just is too bad, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and I, you know, I'm sure somewhere along the line, that was the right call for some leadership team, but man, there could have been something better there. Uh, for me, a few other things on the kind of available attribute thing. I think the one thing I've seen consistently is, is that churches that are willing to join, this isn't the first thing they've tried. So they've, they've maybe tried a few other things. Like they've tried, they've hired a, a young pastor that didn't work, or they, they like, they raised some money for like Facebook ads and that didn't work. Or they, you know, they tried some, uh, something else. Um, this yeah, not the, for sure. the first kind of game that, that they've done. And then to the financial piece, it, unfortunately, there seems to be uh, at least the ones I've seen, there is some sort of financial stress. There's something that we, we, one of the mergers we were a part of, uh, I remember, you know, at, you know, at this point, our church was running probably close to $8 million a year in in revenue. And and the church that was looking at joining us, they had a $5,000 roof issue. And, you know, honestly, in the conversation, one of the elders said to me, like, do, do you think the church will be able to fix the $5,000 roof issue? And, you know, we were like, yeah, we, I think we'll be able to handle that. They had no other debt, sure, you know, it yeah. ended up being a few million dollar property and yes, we could, we could help with that. And then the bylaw issue. I wonder if, you know, what research do you do? Cause there are some churches that just because of their bylaws, they wouldn't be able to join you. What are some of the things you're looking for on that side, even on the legal stuff early on in the conversation? Obviously we're not lawyers. You need to talk to a lawyer, but what, what, what are some of those things that you look for on that front? Yeah. You know, it's very helpful if it's either independent or it's a part of a denomination where there's autonomy of the local church, uh, such as Southern Baptist, um, because that makes that merger um, just a, a lot easier. Um, and then there's a couple of different types of legal mergers you can do, but that's for another day. Um, so that if that's in the bylaws, independent, you know, uh, or some sort of denomination like that, EV free is like that as well. Um, if it is a part of a denomination, um, then it's a matter of digging in and saying, okay, is is it owned centrally by the denomination, or is it actually owned by the local church, but yet they they still have this connection to the denomination. If it's owned centrally, man, it's really, really difficult. And I, I, I pretty much kind of shy away from those. Um, but I have worked through a couple of denominations um, where they were willing to kind of cut their ties and we'd pay, uh, you know, a certain amount for what they originally paid or whatever, you know, whatever the connection was there. Um, but that's a much longer process to go through all the red tape of a, of a central denomination. So if it's independent or part of an autonomous uh, church, uh, local or local autonomy of the church and a domination, that's what I really, my, my eyes light up. Yeah, absolutely. The other way to, on the denomination issue is if you're a part of a denomination, um, there, that can, there can be an accelerating force at the denominational level with churches that are a part of your denomination that might be struggling. I've seen that happen where, you know, it might be a church in the next town or two towns over, um, that actually in conversation with the denomination, they may actually help be a bit of a midwife in the conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, that could be another kind of piece of the puzzle uh, for that. Now, when you look to the future and yeah, you let think, me just say real, real, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Real quick, Rich. Th- those are the three that we've done here in Nashville. We're all struggling Southern Baptist churches right. and it was the local and state 
um, you know, we made the initial contact, but right after that, um, we've gotten contact with the local uh, National Association and Tennessee Baptist Association. They were very helpful in uh, in making those connections happen as well. So I I, I fully uh, support what you're saying there. Yep. Yeah, totally. That's uh, again, as a church I'm working with right now, that's in that exact same scenario. And actually, you know, I, I've been I spent most of my time in kind of the non denominational church world, and you know, I think sometimes we can, you know, there's the like, oh, we like to dog denominational leaders, but actually it's been, it's amazing to watch really proactive denominational leaders who step into those scenarios and say, hey, uh, this would be great for our movement if we could see this happen, if we could kind of help yeah. be a bit of a broker in the middle of those uh, those dialogues. Where, where do you think, so that's a, you know, a shocking statistic. It, every time I hear the 6,000 to 10,000 churches closing, you know, it just takes your breath away, you know, on an annual basis. Yeah. That's just a, yeah. it's a sad, number. When you look to the future, Eric, what, where, where do you see this kind of, uh, you know, church merger, church rebirth, you know, adoption kind of process going? Where, where do you think the next steps are for us? What should we be thinking about in the future? Yeah, you know, I, I know there's different schools of thought here. You know, you've got some churches, a, a small percentage, but some that are, are, are now um, casting off the churches as their own individual churches and no longer part of the uh, of multi-site, you've got you know many more that are doing the the local church at a campus pastor or community pastor that is doing the preaching um, versus versus video. So I think there's some things that are continuing to evolve that are they're showing signs of some more um, independence for some of the local churches. But you know I'm still of the camp that um, I truly believe that this isn't going anywhere. That the church mergers acquisitions is really going to become more and more of the norm um, because we're just in a season where, you know, you got six to 10,000 churches that are closing, but just think of all those that, that are in line to close, you know, a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, and the way zoning and governments around the country are turning more and more anti-church, um, it's it's just very difficult to get the right zoning ordinance for that, you know, that old Home Depot building like we used to, you know, 20 years ago. It's just, and, and so yeah. now, you again, you've got this facility that is zoned correctly. It's got the right parking. It's got the, you know, all those things. And so that it's just, it's just right for us to continue as the church to use these resources that God has already prepared for such a time as this, you know, and continue. So I truly believe the future is more and more about this merging and acquisitions and adoptions um, than ever before. What they look like, whether they're independent or video teaching, that, that's to be determined by people smarter than me. But I, I truly believe that the mergers and acquisitions is 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 not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. I'm with you on that. I, I do think that there are, sure, there it may look different. It is going to look different than it did 10 years, you know, 10 years from now, it's going to look different than it did 10 years ago. But um, I think there just is, there's such an opportunity and a need uh, in so many, tr- in so many communities. And my encouragement for you, if you're listening in, you're a church leader today, Oh, so 100% of the churches that are multi-site need to be looking into this clear, more clearly, more closely. I say it to them all the time. I'm like, listen, this this is going to be a part of your future, so you better start preparing for it now. Uh, but even if you have an impetus towards multiplication and you're thinking, hmm, maybe God's calling us to multiply, this might actually be the route uh, that he uses. Eric, anything else that you'd like to share uh, just before we wrap up today's episode? You know, I just think uh, it's so important in, in 2020 and beyond just for the church to still be about 
the main thing. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. And it's mm, easy to so get caught. I love systems. I love structure. I love leadership development. I love discipleship. But I, I just encourage churches all the time, you know, make sure the main thing is the main thing. And, and that's reaching the lost. And I look at multi-sites and I look at these mergers and acquisitions and, and adoptions all as a way to further the kingdom of Christ and reach more people for Christ. And so that's uh, that's the thing that drives me, drives us at Rolling Hills. And uh, I just like to encourage pastors to make sure that's the reason, the primary reason that uh, you're you're doing multi-site and, and doing campuses and such. Appreciate that, Eric. If people want to get in touch with you or to track with the church, uh, what's the best way? Where should we send them online for that? Sure, sure. I'd give you a couple of things. Um, you know, my my Twitter is at Eric T. Roges, and you can at me there or DM me there if you'd like. Uh, my email is eric.roges at rollinghills.church. And that's also our website, rollinghills.church. So love to uh, help out in any way I can, help churches quite a bit. And work through some of these things. Just did it yesterday with two different churches. So if I can help you in any way, I'd love to be a part of uh, kingdom development in that way. Perfect. Eric, I really appreciate being on the show today. Thanks so much. God bless. Thank you for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Don't be shy. We'd love to connect. Check out Unseminary Inbox. You can sign up at unseminary.com and we'll send you helpful training resources every week. Plus, you'll gain immediate access to our exclusive members area with tons of resources you can use. Connect with Rich on Twitter at Rich Birch or through email rich at unseminary.com. Don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode at unseminary.com. It includes links to what we talked about today and more. Leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. Did you enjoy today's episode? Drop by iTunes and leave a review. Thanks again for tuning in to this week's Unseminary podcast. Join us next week when we'll learn more stuff we wish they taught in seminary. <laughs>